Yeah, I'm like Neo now. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. That's Morpheus. Jurassic Views, Zaya Kuena, Bryce Diamond. It is May 12th, and there is significance, not just because it is the last week of the Tampa Bay Raptors. Gosh, am I happy about this Tampa Bay era ending quickly. Uh, but there's also some other historical reference, historical significance to this day, which we will get to. Uh, but first, we have to deal with May 11th, yesterday, when the Tampa Bay Raptors, and I'm calling the Tampa Bay Raptors because they, they really aren't playing their starters. So this isn't a team that actually will exist next year. Uh, but we played against the Los Angeles Clippers, who... I, I'm almost going to call them another team. Um, maybe I'll call them the Santa Monica Clippers because uh, they are Santa Monica. Become, <laughs> because they are becoming uh, unrecognizable to many fans. Um, the only reason why I still recognize them is because of Steve Ballmer. His haircut has not changed. Um, and but here we are, last night playing a team with Marcus Morris Sr., uh, Zubak, who now apparently is, is trash-talking oppositions and yelling and one at officials, and, like we're in high school again, and uh, DeMarcus Cousins, after spending three months in his Las Vegas garden, uh, sold the house and makes his way to, to this Clippers team. And it was, a, it was atrocious basketball. Uh, the G League, I'm sure, looks better. Uh, maybe Summer League is where these, the, the level of play was at yesterday. But it, it, was, it was bad on many accounts. Uh, but these Los Angeles Clippers, I, I got to call them the Santa Monica Clippers because they were awful against a team that barely should be in the NBA and don't even care. They don't even care anymore. Zayaquina, your feelings, your thoughts. Good morning on this sunny day in Ottawa. Well, good morning. Um, you know, it uh, transformed ourselves into a farm team, right? And uh, especially without our starters and – uh, but, you know, before going into the loss, you know, the 115-96 loss, you know, respect to all the fans who continue to watch because it is tough. It's worse yeah. than watching paint dry. It is, mm. um, it is you know, I, could, I can find some better basketball, more entertaining basketball, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, down the street here in Vanier, um, Overbrook, shout out. Um, 
president's basketball program, you know, when they make their runs. Um, and, and the thing, and the reason why I say that is not to dismiss these professional athletes. It's just, there is level of effort that just wasn't there. Um, both, you know, uh, the Clippers uh, who have championship aspirations, you know, they had 16 turnovers. Uh, they shot, you know, they shot 34.4% from the three-point line. Um, fortunately, they have both Kawhi Leonard and, and Paul and uh, Paul George. So uh, their percentages from the field went up. They also had this guy, Terrence Mann, who was seven for seven from the field. So that helped with their percentages. But they were essentially playing a G League uh, roster, Bryce, uh, on our end that included, you know, the likes of, of Boucher and Gary Trent, right, that are just above that and are your are solid role players. But aside from that, uh, you had uh, Gillespie bodying Zuba and DeMarcus Cousins, who ended up just playing seven minutes. Like, it was just a little run for him, and then he left because – he, it wasn't even on his level. It, it like it wasn't even above his level, right? Uh, yeah. So that was kind of you know interesting uh, to see. Again, I, you know, I said kudos to the fans and kudos to to these guys um, who are proving themselves during a period that you know very well that the coaches as well as the management are evaluating for next season. So um, uh, I was fortunate to watch, you know, spurts of Jalen Harris. You know, that's who I, I, I've been zeroing in on the last few games. And, you know, I'm really, you know, uh, excited to see his development. You know, there are some tough sh- uh, stretches, uh, again, for him uh, in terms of creating off the dribble and learning how to play with other players who are also trying new things or put into areas of discomfort and, um uh, and that's reflective. He had five turnovers. Uh, but, um, but yeah, uh, I mean, you know, this we've we've hit. Uh, you know, this is not. This has been going on for a while. Uh, but this dystopian reality has been has shown itself. You know, more um, uh, more obviously for us. You know that it is. It's tough to watch. We don't know, you know, we're, we're clinging to the little bit of hope that we may even have. We, we're looking, we're nostalgic of, 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 of the olden days. Um, and, uh, you know, I think, uh, I don't want to call, call any names, but someone has been playing uh, Mumford & Sons' first album nonstop, um, and, you know, and I'm like, goodness gracious, are you okay? And, you know, and I think I understand he needs that moody, folky, um, bluesy music to as a soundtrack for this for for the latter part of the season because it's been tough. Yeah, um, you know, as I watch these games, and obviously there there have been a string of of games. It's been a stretch of the season since really the uh, you know the starters getting. Uh, COVID, but you could say for sure after the Norm Powell trade, we just kind of gave up. We started rotating guys soon after, I think, the next game. We were started rotating starters. Uh, then Boucher got injured. Um, and these last specifically 10 games where you can tell that we've 
done our best job to be competitive and in games, but really our roster is not going to have a chance against teams in, in the top group. It, it almost feels like there's been a betrayal uh, from the league, from the league office. And we want to make a statement. And what it's reminiscent for me of is, uh, is left eye burning down the house with, with Andre Risen, you know, having to watch his house burn. That's what it kind of reminds wow. me. Wow. I know. Wow. I, know. Going, I think some fans may not even know that 1990, uh, the 90s reference, but uh, shout out TLC. Yeah, look it up on Wikipedia if, if, if you need Lip. to. Um, R.I.P. Um, to uh, okay. Left Eye. Uh, but Kiki, Adam Silver, uh, Nick Nurse is sending you a message. You've betrayed him. Masai has been betrayed. And, and they are burning this Tampa Bay house down. And they don't care. They're doing it right in front of you. They're doing it right in front of the public. The neighbors have come out to watch. And some of the neighbors have booed. And we don't care. We're, we're high-fiving. We're still making our money. In fact, we don't even have income tax to worry about uh, as Toronto Raptor players because they're in Florida or very minimal income tax. So that's, that's my uh, feeling on it. Uh, speaking of TLC, um, when I was watching this game yesterday, there was a lot of guys on that Clippers team that were just scrubs, oh. like just straight, straight scrubs. And I don't know how they've got to this level, why, why they've decided to be, uh, you know, take on this kind of posture. But you were talking about DeMarcus freaking Cousins, who was an all-star, like an absolute stud, a guy you might build your team around as the Sacramento Kings. Yeah. 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 He was getting into it with someone, and you were like, this is, what is this guy doing? Is this what this guy's career has become? Talk to me about DeMarcus Cousins' behavior yesterday. Well, let me first talk about uh, Freddie Gillespie's um, behavior, bad behavior, if you're, that's what you want to call it. Ten points, uh, seven rebounds, three blocks, um, one assist, uh, four for six, uh, four offensive rebounds. I felt he had a bit more because he was all over the place, and he was banging, sent, helping off of pick and rolls, Um Kudos to this guy, man. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, Kyle and the and the crew has have to take him out for dinner at the at the end of this season. Um, but then there were moments where he, when he was banging with Demarcus Cousins, there could have been more. I probably missed it, but there was at least a couple of instances where, um, uh, you know, he was called for you know ca- called for a file um, or offensive foul actually. And complaining about it. Then on the other end, asking for more calls to be, you know, in his favor. Um, and um, and then on the other end, you know, uh, Gladstone was just out rebounding him, right? On, on the offensive boards, uh, he's he has a little bit more uh, lateral quickness. But then you could just see, you know, Demarcus, you know, disgruntled and complaining to the refs. Um, and uh, I believe he got a technical as well. Uh, you know, I could be wrong, but. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised knowing it's uh, uh, DeMarcus. But I was like, okay, I'm sorry. I mean, you know, maybe this, maybe he and the Clippers have won a championship, right? So they should carry themselves with a sense of entitlement because, um, you know, the league 
and and the refs more importantly and the other team and in this case us have to recognize that and then i realized they have not won anything price no. uh, they haven't even as a franchise haven't even been to the conference finals so i'm a bit so i'm a bit confused as to where this 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 posture is coming from right so the only uh, members on this LA Clippers team who have won a championship uh, is starting from the top. You know, they have Larry, they have uh, Jerry West as their, you know, con- consultant, quote unquote. Um, they have uh, at the helm of co- coaching helm, they have Ty Lu championship as a both player and coach. They have Chauncey Billups, who's on the coaching staff, championship, champion, uh, MVP finals. Then they have Kawhi Leonard, uh, obviously, champion both at San Antonio Spurs and then with the Toronto Raptors. Anyone else on that list? Uh, Anyone else on that team? Anyone else has a ring? Anyone else should be carrying themselves with uh, a posture that suggests that, hey, they should be taken seriously and they deserve respect. I have no problem with that if it's the Golden State Warriors coming through. right? Right. But as you know, what we did to the Golden State Warriors this early, we blew them out. They're not the right. same squad, and and they know that themselves. So there's a level of humility. This team yeah. hasn't won anything, and yet they're carrying themselves um, um, beyond just coastal elite. Uh, they're, they're, you know, there's a braggadocio about them that I'm like, where is this coming from? And right. and I get it. You know, you know when you haven't won, and yeah. you want to be taken seriously. Right. Yep. And, and, and so you're projecting this level of insecurity, you know, uh, you see that in teenage boys, you see that in, shoot, you see that in, uh, in 50 year old men uh, in boardrooms, goodness gracious. Um, and so, uh, so I get it. Uh, it's pathetic and it's, it's hilarious on one end, uh, especially when you're going against a team that hasn't even had its starters out there. Right. And you're complaining, you're struggling, and you still demand "quote unquote" respect. So I'll leave it there. Um, but I know Demarcus Cousins gets a lot of the slack and the slander, but uh, for someone who just played seven minutes, it, it, it doesn't just start and end with him. I mean, that's in Pat Beverly. That's in that's with Paul George. That's with uh, the Morse twin. Uh, that's with Zubac. That's with Rondo. Oh, I forgot Rondo champion. So my apologies. Yeah. Well, there's another guy. That's uh, won a championship, and I, I can't remember if you said his name or not. Um, and but all these guys that you're naming, uh, in my opinion, uh, the Clippers are—they they just don't deserve. Um, they don't deserve to have uh, Kawhi um, wanting to come back to play in his hometown and changes the the dynamics to make them. be taken somewhat seriously and then of course they get beat uh three to one um another guy that won a championship is Serge Ibaka and yes yes. and I mean oh I forget that he's even on this team right goodness gracious he he just doesn't even fit he doesn't right no the the culture the organizational culture no and as a matter of fact Hollywood you don't deserve Serge Ibaka Serge Ibaka is on another level of international cosmopolitan living and fashion, doing art. And, and only a city like Toronto can contain and elevate 
uh, Serge Ibaka in a way that, you know, uh, is, is true and is, is honoring to what Serge Ibaka does. New York City might get, a, you know, a little uh, an opportunity maybe like at the end of his career, but um, Serge Ibaka is a champion. He's on this team. He's been out for 30 games now. He's saying it's a back. I'm going to say he's wanting to come back to Toronto. But uh, you have Ty Lu, Jerry West, Kawhi Leonard, Serge Ibaka. The Clippers do not deserve these guys. Um, uh, when you're a bunch of scrubs like the Clippers are and the way exactly the way they're acting uh, is just nonsense. DeMarcus Cousins picking on Jalen Harris, the bench, Luke Kennard, who's making $16 million. Uh, listen, Luke, my friend, be content. Go soak in the tub or go hit the bike. You should not be talking to Freddie Gillespie after he blocks Zubak. Um, that's just ridiculous. Dookie um, too. Yeah, Dookie too. Oh, gosh. Um, but listen, uh, the, these guys, we know who they are, so we don't need to spend any more time on them. But speaking of championship runs and, and Serge Ibaka and Kawhi Leonard specifically, Two years ago to the day, my friend, a happy anniversary to you and to any Toronto Raptors fans who are listening. Two years ago, the ball bounced the way the franchise so desperately needed it to bounce. Four times, historically, on the rim before the ball went down. And we all remember that moment. We all remember where we were. And so two years ago, Zaya Kuiano, when Kawhi Leonard hit the shot, as it's known, the only shot in NBA history to fall for a Game 7 winner in a playoff series, where were you, my friend? Where were you? Vanny, stand up. I was here uh, in my flat watching the game. I was watching it on my laptop. I didn't realize that there was a delay um and so uh because i have a mac when someone text messages me it can appear on my screen and so <laughs> i had a good friend who is posted i believe in turkey and uh and his wife has been uh becoming more uh engaged with toronto raptors um and um, and so this was one of the first games that she was watching. And so talk about a game to start, you know, following yeah. the Raptors. And so she was text messaging me throughout the game. But I, Bryce, I was so stressed, man. I yeah. couldn't I couldn't keep up because she was like, oh, man, this is a great play. I'm like, no, this has to be a good play because otherwise we're going to be eliminated. You don't understand the the the, the, the amount of pressure. Um, but she sent me a text after that timeout. Uh, she was like, OMG. I'm like, what the hell happened? Oh, right. boy. So we inbound the play, right? And I see that message appear, OMG. I'm like, what What the hell happened? Did we lose the ball? Did, did the Sixers, you know, recover and, and score on the other end? And so I see Kawhi take that um you know, dribble uh, to the, you know, right-hand side in front of the Toronto Raptors bench. I, 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 I thought they were going to double-team him immediately. But for some reason, uh, Ben Simmons, who considers himself uh, 
best, you know, defensive <laughs> player of the year uh, the last couple of years, uh, you know, you know, um, do what you got to do in front of the mirror, brother, to survive with the <laughs> pandemic. I get it. Um, but the only guy who actually stays on Kawhi in the deep corner is Embiid. I, Embiid, give it, give credit to him. He contests it as best as one can. And Bryce, man, the shot goes up. It bounces around. I hold my breath. Mm. And I don't hear anything in this, in, 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 through the, you know, through the, you know, um, the commentators or even the crowd. And it goes in. And Bryce, I stand up and I start, I, I start yelling across my apartment. I even probably step outside of my apartment building, Vanier. I'm sorry that night, but I, you know, I go Kevin Garnett. I'm like, everything is possible, <laughs> right? And I go back in and I start text messaging people and, and whatnot, but it was probably one of the best feelings I've had as a sports fan. Um, it was euphoric. Um, it confirmed everything. It, the stars aligned. We were, you know, it, it, it confirmed destiny. <laughs> I'm not saying that the world's problems were solved that night, Bryce, but there were a lot of things that uh, I felt reconciled. Um, Well, I, you know, I'm sure like you um, and, and maybe many other Raptors fans, who knows? uh, I felt, um, I felt, uh, very mixed emotions in that moment. Um, I was in uh, the house that I live in now, watching the game with my housemates and and my wife. And the previous play, of course, as you know, um, and other Raptors fans, maybe they remember this, but um, our long and suffering days help us contain and retain these memories. Uh, The previous play, I think, Kawhi misses a free throw. Yep. And instead of being up three with 10 seconds to go, we're only up two. And Jimmy Butler, yep, you know, uh, is allowed to just walk through the entire Toronto Raptors defense and lay up a ball to tie the game. So I'm sitting in a rocking chair, uh, almost in the fetal position on the rocking chair, in in total fury because of how awful that whole sequence went and i'm thinking about overtime i'm not thinking about maybe we'll hit a miraculous shot even if it's tied with four seconds like we could pass the ball to anyone but i know it's going to Kawhi, and i've seen too many times in the season especially against boston that he just couldn't make shots in the last 30 seconds. And so I was like, shoot, how are we going to win overtime? So I'm, I'm furious. I'm, I'm preparing myself for overtime. And then Kawhi gets off this shot in the corner, as you said, and I'm not even looking at the screen when the shot is go. I think it's going to miss. I hear the first bounce and I'm like, Okay, there it is. So we're going overtime. Then I hear a second bounce. When I heard that second bounce, it was like something inside of me changed. <laughs> it was like 
there is a breakthrough in my stone cold heart that maybe our path, maybe our future was going to be brighter than it had been. And then it, and then I look up and it bounces a third time. And now I'm starting to lean forward on the rocking chair. And when that fourth bounce, I knew it was going in. Once the, it was like a soft kiss from the basketball gods, that fourth rim touch. Just a kiss to put it over. And then it, it, it's, it's bonkers, right? Then you, everything comes alive. I think there were, uh, <clears throat> I think there were children um, born uh, that, that, ha that had their origins that night. Yeah, I think that's, how... that's probably true. What's nine months later? <laughs> exactly. February, early February, mid-February. We'll have to. Yeah. I'll have to ask some friends about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you had twins. Okay. <laughs> um. Oh, who was calling that game? Uh, TNT uh, commentator. Reggie Miller. Yeah. Kevin Hartland. Kevin Hartland. Um, and Kevin Hartland of all guys on uh who are broadcasters he's a legend and so he has some of the best um one-liners but i think even he was yeah. shocked yeah um and was trying to dig deep in his bag of words right to ex to, to poetically explain what had just occurred right and um uh and you know uh, it was tragedy on one you know it's this is a greek you know, it was a greek, a greek drama right tragedy on one right. end triumph on the other um and it set a path for two franchises in different directions right one franchise still tried to find themselves yeah. and another who um are also trying to redefine themselves uh, in terms of the toronto raptors um and but I think we are already in a better place than the Philadelphia 76ers, despite both we stand in different parts of the standings this year, right? Yeah, but yeah. I would not ask myself, I wouldn't be going into the playoffs saying, Hey, you know what? This is this could very well be our year as the 76ers because actually you, you know, you didn't make the trade for you, don't, you didn't make the trade for um, uh, Kyle Lowry. Oh, yeah. Um, and mm -hmm. you're still haunted by, by underperformance. And you also traded away and you chose not to resign the guy yeah. who actually got you in a position to contend, which is Jimmy Buckets. You instead allocated that, those resources, the fun, uh, money to Tobias Harris. So, yeah. um, and just as a reminder, the guy that actually went to the finals last year was Jimmy Buckets. Yeah. Um, who dragged the Miami, uh, you know, uh, a, a Miami Heat team. So it's just interesting in terms of uh, what that type of play meant and did to many, uh, many players, how, what yeah. it, you know, um, uh, created legendary statuses. Uh, if it wasn't for that shot, I, you know, if we're going to go into this hole here, we wouldn't get the Fred Van Vliet game. Right against the bucks yeah right? uh we wouldn't get the speaking of kids being born oh gosh uh we wouldn't get the explosiveness of uh pascal siakam's offensive output 
uh, and as a solid number two uh, start in the finals, right? Yep. Uh, especially game one. Uh, we wouldn't get the Kyle Lowry <laughs> 11 point run to start the first quarter. Goodness gracious, against the Golden State Warriors in game six, right? So um, that was a the, pivotal, the, pivotal, the, pivotal play. Yeah. The, the, the fuck you threes in early stages of the third quarter in game four against Golden State in the finals. Ooh, back to back. The, 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 the left handed dunk on Giannis when Kyle could smell blood on a 26 to three run to cap it off. We wouldn't get, we wouldn't get coach bud complaining about (laughs) Drake giving Nick nurse a massage, right? Not suddenly the issue of fan interaction with players and coaches is, is what's really keeping the NBA back. Right. Coach. Bud, Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Um, Now, as low as this season has been, as low, and I think this might help put things into perspective for people who have thought that this was a dark year. No, no, no. This was just a pandemic year, and we happen to be the only Canadian team. That's just the honest truth. But as low as it's been, we haven't made the playoffs. This is the first time we haven't made the playoffs in eight years and blah, blah, blah. As low as this year has been, you know how we can kind of get some clarity around this is where do you think Brett Brown is right now? Brett Brown, former coach of the Philadelphia 76ers who was fired after last season in the bubble, their performance. Where's Brett Brown? Brett Brown possibly on a, in a good, if things have gone well, this last year he spent time fishing with Phil Jackson in Montana. That's about as good as a, as a year that he's had. But there could be many dark paths that Brett Brown has taken since, since he's got fired. Um, so if you want to talk about low, where things can go really bad and really... Uh, Brett Brown, his beard might be, might be touching his belly button right now. And he might be, uh, you know, uh, like ZZ Top. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He might, he might be, a, like castaway, like Tom Hanks, <laughs> on some deserted island off the Florida Keys, hoping that Jimmy <laughs> Butler will find him. <laughs> no, I actually think he, uh, you know, because he he coached out in Australia, right? And so I actually think he spent the pandemic there. Oh, maybe he's going to try and get Aaron Baines there next year. <laughs> I think he's, I think he's reached a point where he's, you know, he needed some time away. Uh, talk yep. about stress on the wow. last couple of years, you know, and he was very much part of that tanking series uh, uh, period, right? Uh, right. The uh, the process, the process, and so, mm-hmm. and then you have to go through uh, Brian Colangelo and oh my gosh. Tom Foolery. Uh, burner, burner a account. burner, a burner account, and then come, you know, and then blaming, <laughs> throwing his wife under the bus, blaming his wife <laughs> and children. Bryce, that is probably, um, you want to talk the, about low, you want to talk about low, whoa, wow, whoa, my man, my man, <laughs> you know, now it's, you know, I'm going to start the saying, I don't know if there's that saying, if that saying exists in certain parts of the world, but don't 
you know, if you're if you're gonna go low, don't go Brian Colangelo. Don't, <laughs> don't go that low, right? Where you, yeah, man, man, right. And so the so he's had to live through that, and so the fans have had to live through all of that. You know, it was an investigative journalist from the New York Times, Bryce, that worked with the, <laughs> that worked with the Ringer to break the story. That's how that's how maddening. It, it was man so as a 76ers fan hey my, my brothers and sisters um you know i stand with you in in the pain that you're experiencing but goodness gracious yeah. um um but yeah that's uh yeah. dang dang that shot man that shot two years ago it's uh it's a beautiful day to remember as as frustrated as I was before it went in, it was, it's a beautiful day to remember. I'll probably uh, rewind it up for tonight. What do I have, a VHS tape in my house? <laughs> but I'll set it up tonight with my daughter to watch that so she never forgets such glor- glory moments. But also to help her remember that we still had to come out of a dark a darkness to see the light. Um, I think that's an important thing to know, knowing where we are this year, right? Knowing where we are this year. Um, Will I play, will I play TLC songs as well to help her remember left eye? Maybe. (laughs) You know, um, you know, maybe this, you know, speaking of TLC, you know, their their song that came up immediately was don't go chasing waterfalls. Right. And that's, and that, that to me is the Clippers. Who, who think that they could have put a match, they could have, you know, uh, this, 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 put a team together on the fly and not yeah. understanding that you actually have to build uh, culture. Yes. It starts at the origins, it starts from an embryo um, and uh, starts, you know, with leaders at, at the management level, at the coaching level. So, um, so when people think that, hey, you know, we just got Kawhi and we were able to win, we're like, well, we had the ingredients already right. there. And right. not, not, not only did we bring Kawhi, we also made a trade for Marcus Saul midway through the season. But again, we had, we had the, the ethos already there, current, you know, and, and uh, tangible um, through, um, you know, the likes of Kyle Lowry, right? Yep. And a coaching staff. And of course, our management. So, um, so if there's a model out there, I'm not saying that we are the model. I think there's several other models of championship, but it's very difficult. There's not many out there, you know. So, anyway, I think there was a list that you wanted to talk about that projected us in putting us in a good light in light of uh, the dystopian reality that we're currently in. Yeah, I, I think we're you know, going to be spending a lot of time with lists like this. So I, I'll just re- reference it for, uh, for today's pod, knowing uh, the time. But uh, ESPN uh, annually puts out a list of um, their uh, a- NBA teams, in their opinion, uh, where they stand for the next three years. So it's kind of a future projections list. And I thought based on this year that ESPN, because oftentimes ESPN is out to lunch, um, not always, but often, um, on where the Raptors are at. And off, oftentimes they say that we're overachieving. I even heard some Toronto Raptors fans say this about our team last year. Um, we overachieve. 
And uh, it's like, well, that's based on whose expectations, I think, first and foremost. But I thought ESPN was going to put our next three years, they're going to rank us as like the 16th, 17th team in the NBA, just outside of the playoffs or maybe just making the playoffs. And they put us at 12th. Um, now, I think arguably we could be uh, ahead of that. I think we could be maybe be eighth or ninth. I think that's for discussion. But I think, you know, just as a quick opinion, quick thought, I think the future is bright. I think you and I have talked about this already, but I think the future is bright. We've got a great core, great coach, uh, solid, solid GM who, who's still going to uh, develop as well. Uh, do we need to resign Messiah Jiri? Uh, I think it'd be in our best interest to give him 30 million and, and sign him. Um, but we'll see where that goes. It's not like Messiah gets a, a cap hit with his salary. So, you know, give him whatever he wants. I give him the Rogers center for all I care. Um, but uh, we're in a good position. Um, so as low as it's been, it's not uh, Brett Brown low. It's not Brian Colangelo low. We're doing okay. We're doing okay. We're doing okay. We're doing okay. Uh, you know, I, I think I've talked about this uh, off air, but, um, you know, what's been keeping me through this pandemic is um, apocalyptic dystopian films. And even in your dystopian films, whether it be Pan's Labyrinth, Guillermo del Toro's uh, classic, or um, or Children of Men, who was directed hey. by uh, Cuaron, another uh, great Mexican director, uh, there's a, an element of hope in the midst right. of the disaster, right? And in Children of Men, you know, there's this, uh, this, this, <clears throat> there's appeal to believe in the resistance. We don't know who they are. We don't know where to find them. It seems like they're not even around in the worst case of scenarios. But to save the only woman who is versatile who can give birth, she, she is carried and, and identified and carried to the resistance, right? Uh, meanwhile, you know, things are just running a mock disaster. And, um, uh, and throughout the film, we think who the protagonist is, is, you know, Clive Owen, right? Mm -hmm. um, but actually, he's not the protagonist, man. It's this woman with the child, right, who's, who's the protagonist, right? And she doesn't, she's not shooting anyone. She's just surviving until mm. the very end. And she's not giving up hope. And so uh, I'm reminded of that, man, after this season to be like, hey, we have to be the resistance. The resistance isn't just the folks who are get, you know, talking about tanking on, uh, on Twitter. They're not the ones that are beat writers and so on and so forth. They're the fans who are going to say, hey, I'm going to support this team, you know, uh, even if the numbers are ugly, even if the basketball is unwatchable like last night. Right. Um, even if I have to watch uh, uh, Aaron Baines, uh, in a pick and roll and uh, mishandle the ball consecutively, right? Like, right. I mean, it is what it is. But uh, yeah, I, I believe this hope is going to carry us forward into the next year, right? Regardless of what ESPN ranks us in their forecast. Right. For sure, for sure. I um, think we're going to be okay. Maybe this is a picture, an idea for a picture for Dana, um, this children of men type image. Um, who's, who's the baby is, is it, is it Jalen Suggs perhaps? Um, is it, is it, uh, OG perhaps that's going to yeah. be born into, uh, a full on NBA superstar. We'll, we'll find out. We'll find out. But that, I, I agree. There, there is a, 
a confident expectation on what will happen when we returned to Toronto. I mean, that's a whole other thing when, when that happens. Operation, uh, and, logistics, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, and I, have, I have good uh, sources that tell me, good information from good sources that tells me uh, there may be uh, uh, the start of the season will be in Toronto. I, I'm not going to tell you who my sources are, but <laughs> I have, being in Ottawa, we have uh, connections um, with that. So um, hopefully, man, hopefully uh, that will be the case. Anyways, before we get too deep down uh, the hole of, of next season, uh, we should call it a pod. Um, but embrace the day soak up the memory of of the shot and uh try and get some fresh air as well uh good, good talking with you man peace peace don't talk to us don't talk to us